the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio, heat100radio.com. As you, as I said in the opening, we are having some technical difficulties. So get over to Facebook. Sports Rap Podcast is the group page. It's a public group. You can pull it up. You can check the live video, the live feed. And like I said, if you have any comments, please share your comments with us. And I will definitely get to reading as many comments as I can uh, while we're on there. Jackie Bridges, my guy, all the way from Texas. Love the support, man. Appreciate the support. Thanks for tuning in. So, like I said, we got my Ivan Mighty Robinson in the building today. Like I said, family, good friend of mine, family, and family of the show. We have another fighter of his in the building. Like I said, you all are familiar with Not Fear Charles. You saw that fight, and uh, he was here prior to his last fight. And Again, that fight wasn't exactly what they wanted, what they expected. But for all intent purposes, he got the win. So all that means or all that meant was there was going to be some work done. And I'm sure that work is being put in. If I know my guys, if I know Ivan and I know Chris, like I think I know Chris, it's some work being put in. You know, like I said, we took the win, but. We saw some things that, you know, we probably needed to work on. Arguably some things that were discussed that didn't come to fruition that night. But again, like I said, most importantly, we got the win. So I am right now, before we get into this, I'm going to let Ivan introduce the gentleman sitting to his left. And you see him there. And Mo, you tuned in because get ready. Go ahead, Ivan. Introduce him. Uh, you don't even really need the mic because you're good. <laughs> um... This is my my guy right here, Raheem Davis Cook, called Showtime. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's crazy how we met. You know, he came in the gym about what, a month and a half ago to work with a guy named Brian, who's a uh, young, up-and-coming coach. But whatever the, the situation was, he decided that he didn't want to uh, stick with him. He came to me. And um, asked me to work with him, and you know, me being the guy that I am, I, I try to help anybody out that I can. I don't try to be uh, rational about who I am and how I do it. He asked me, so I decided to uh, help him. Uh, he fights on Thursday night at the Live Casino, Mr. Showtime. Uh, he's 0 and 1, but we can really change that 0 and 2 and 1, and then we can really go to some bigger, better things. Um, as people know, and as you know, Wayne, my partner squeaking in my head with me, probably listening. Um, from what uh, Mr. Showtime has shown in the gym, he's shown to be a great athlete, a great fighter, and he has his head on his shoulder. Um, I really actually, I looked at the tape last night. I thought he won the first fight. He didn't get it. I think of all kinds of reasons he didn't get the fight, but I'm not going into that. My thing is right now, we're working. I think he's at the point where he feels though the training he getting from me is good, and my and my partner Derek uh, Fats uh, Bernie, he's doing a real good job. I mean he's he's determined. I don't have to tell him to run. I don't have to tell him to be at the gym all the time. I just give him a time and he's there. You know I told him I was bringing him to the radio station today. I need him at the gym at ten thirty. At Joe was there at ten fifteen. Those are the things I like. Stuff. You know. So um, <clears throat> this won't. I'm hoping that this won't be the last interview. This will be the first interview of Benny. And um, 
after Thursday, we be getting ready to start driving that wank, driving the wave. So I'm gonna, you know, turn it over. I ain't gonna do too much more talking, but I'm gonna turn it over to you, Showtime, and let the people know who you are, where you come from, and what you do, my man. Absolutely. Good morning, everybody. It's Showtime. Yeah, you got, that's one thing I gotta, I gotta tell you. And this guy is hilarious. That's good. That's good. So this is a good thing. Actually, it's a great thing. And this is no, 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 no shade or anything. And I fear, my fear, you, my dog. I love you to death, bro. But from everything that we understand, and I don't know if you know this, uh, Showtime, when I fear is with Ivan in the gym, he says he hardly says a word. He's, he's like. Mums the word like you would almost think that he doesn't even talk at all but Ivan always says when they come here and I get him here in this element I get him to talk so I, I'm thankful for that I'm glad I could help with that but I see the difference now like Ivan just added in the difference I don't have to do that with you you are ready so you got the perfect nickname Showtime so let's get into it tell the people where you from how you got into fighting and then I'll throw some questions in here and there so let me get started. Uh, I grew up in, in West Oglane, uh, went to FF F. F. Evans Elementary, you know. Me and my family, we, we moved around a lot from West Oglane, the Mount area, Little Logan, North Philly, South Philly, all around, man. So um, when I first started uh, started out boxing, I actually was a football player. I thought I was going to be the best football player in the world. Uh, didn't pan out that way. Went to go try out for arena football team, uh, got cut first round, figured out what, you know, wasn't working enough. Uh, got home that night and tried to figure out the rest of my life. Then I just popped up and was like, I want to be a boxer. <laughs> and from that point forward, man, you know, I went to the gym. Uh, Joe, was Joe Costello's uh, out in uh, the greater Northeast. I got there first day. Dude told me I had potential to be something great. And ever since that day, I never looked back. And I just kept grinding. You know, I had, had, uh, had a rough patch, you know, coming through this boxing game. You know, it was one of, one of the most loneliest sports in the world. And uh, I was doing it by myself for a while. So uh, not until recently when I linked up with Coach Ivan, the best coach I had since uh, this whole journey of boxing. You know, I'm getting everything I need for this fight. Great preparation. Uh, the support, you know, from him, Coach Derek, and, and, you know, all those folks over there at uh, Kingdom Boxing, man. So it's been a great journey so far, man. Just looking to go out there Thursday and, and you know, show everybody what we've been working on and get the job done. Cool. So let's let's backtrack just a, a spot. You said you grew up in Mount in West Oakland. You wanted to be a football player. Mm-hmm. You tried out for an arena football team. Now I've been around some a lot of arena football um, with the Philadelphia Soul, who are now disbanded. The actual league is disbanded now, anyway. But there is another arena football league. But arena football initially for me struck me as a little strange but growing up in the hood I still could relate because everybody knows how violent and rough regular football is now arena football you playing inside of a, an arena and you got the wall there like the hockey wall or whatever right. people might not know that but you got the hockey wall so you can get bumped into the wall tech whatever and I'm like yo that's like us we played on the blacktop and sometimes you pl- played with the cars. So, you know, we was getting hollered at from people hitting their alarms or knocking people mirrors all sideways and whatever. And it fit. But you said you got cut. 
in the first cuts, and then you went home and you reevaluated. Mm-hmm. Was there something prior to the football thing or the football piece where you decided to try boxing? Or was that just something in your evaluation that just popped in? Great question. Uh, so as I grew up, you know, in our community, the black community, your light-skinned brother, they think you saw. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, my brothers were older than me, so when it came time to defend myself, I'm, I'm all I had. So uh, throughout school, from grade school all the way up to high school, I always had to, you know, defend myself. So I always ended up beating people up. <laughs> and, okay. um, you know, I, I took back and I was like, I've been doing boxing my whole life. I just haven't had the guts to go in the gym and try it. So uh, after I got cut from the arena football team, I figured, why not just go do what you've been doing all your life? You've been preparing for it and you haven't even noticed. So when I stepped into the gym, it's just like, I've been here already, you know. Let me embark on this journey and see where it can take me. So just getting getting suspended in and out of school throughout my life, man, I just always knew I was a fighter at heart. So why not give it a try? Okay, cool. So you are about to make your second professional fight. And you mentioned in your self-intro that you got to hold the Ivan and Derek at Kingdom Boxing. And you found out that this is arguably the best training that you've had since you've been a fighter. What are some of the things you think that presented that to you as them being the best trainers that you had, the best coaching staff that you had? First, I'm not doing it alone. Every time that I've been preparing for a fight, even throughout the amateur ranks, I've done it alone. I have come, I've come in the gym and I've, you know, they put you on the bag, you just go in there and shadow box and you just do it alone. You know, mm-hmm. coach Ivan, anything I do wrong in that gym, I don't care if he's working with somebody else, he's not paying attention, he see me on that bag working out, I'm throwing the punch wrong, he corrects it. I'm in there shadow boxing, I'm doing it wrong, he corrects it. He does not let me continue to, you know, keep up with my bad habits. He fixes everything. And uh, that's very, you know, important in the gym. You know, just knowing that you aren't there alone, that, that's, okay. that's very helpful. Cool. So, so basically what you're saying, he's a different person in the gym different person than he is outside the gym. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, you know I got a metric. I can't say the other thing. So we got to keep this moving. You know, I always like, I, I, I always like, like to bring some it, laughter man. into, but it's all love, though. You know, it, it was, I was always told uh, by my dad, and a couple of my uncles, if people that you are around are not joking with you, making fun with you, and I'm not going to say it on you, but with you, and you can't laugh with them, then you need to rethink that relationship. So I just feel comfortable doing that because I think we have grown to having a, a, a very good relationship. So I feel comfortable. And, you know, like I said, it's all love. It's no... It's no torture. It's nothing, you know. You know, and I understand when he says torture, I pay him no mind because I know I know where we are. That's what I, that's what I mean with that. I know where we are. But getting back to the coaching aspect, and like you said, he's you say even if he's looking or working with somebody else, and he catches you doing something wrong, he corrects it. So I, I can be, I can co-sign that because I've seen video of him working out with fighters. I've seen 
him or I've talked to him here with Nafir. And I was at that fight. And in that corner, you know, you hear things and you usually hear corner stuff or whatever. But Ivan has a genuine love for the sport. Of course, the knowledge is skyrocketed because of where he was in the sport. But the knowledge and the commitment that I got from being at that fight as opposed to them being here in the studio, in a lot of ways it was totally different. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean, he was in that corner and I heard him saying things to Nafir that you only get from a coach, a mentor, or a trainer that has your best interest at heart. Genuine. Genuine. And like I said, if you don't feel it, when you get a minute, slide and pop in on Kingdom Boxing. Or check some of my other videos with him and Nafir, they were here. Or just check some of the videos and you'll see it when you watch those videos or when you hear him uh, speak about the sport. So you are, again, going into your second fight. And you said the difference that you saw with this coaching staff now is prior to that you did everything on your own, which I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is extremely hard. Because when you're doing it on your own, it feels like you're just basically going through the motions of what people outside of, actually outside of boxing think, oh, you're going to prepare for a fight. You're going to hit the heavy bag. You're going to do this. You're going to spar a little bit, maybe whatever, whatever, whatever. You're going to get your conditioning in, you know, get your stamina up, whatever. But it's a lot different when you have somebody there correcting you in that. And that's like with everything in life. If you just go through life by yourself, you're going to have some struggles, but you're going to have more struggles than you are success if you're doing it by yourself because you don't have anybody to bounce anything off of. So tell us what are some of the things that you bounce off of Ivan and Derek as coaches and a little bit on what they give back and how they give it back? Let me make sure I can answer that correctly all. One of the things that I get bounced off of Coach Ivan, um, <laughs> this uh, basic fundamentals and, and, and techniques, man. Like you know, I'm, I'm I'm coming on, you know, basically coming off the streets, you know, you know, raw raw talent guy, you know. Right. But you know, these guys, they come in there, they see, you know, the raw talent. For them to be able to, you know, Coach Ivan being who he is, for him to be able to share his knowledge of the game. And uh, and help me in, improve my game. You know, make me a better, you know, technical, technically sound uh, boxer. It's gonna help me. Like, let me let me let me bring it back a little bit. Um, I've, I always thought it was impossible to, to drop somebody in, in in sparring session. You know, due due to uh, you know the headgear. You know, I always thought it was impossible task. Working with Coach Ivan, uh, I always throw my right hand around. He he started telling me throw things straight. Just throw it straight down the middle. Next thing you know, boom, I throw a punch straight down the middle, boom, you see the power. So just just every little little detail of it that you that I wouldn't, you know, have noticed for myself, because I'm thinking I know everything. 
for, for him to come there and be like, yo, if you just turn it, you know, turn it, turn your hand this way a little bit and make your punch, your, you know, your punch a little harder. And, and mm -hmm. for me to see it working, just, just the little details, man, just all little details. Right, so so everything that you just said, it, it sounds almost like, from a coaching standpoint, when he's watching you, he's got himself somewhat in your shoes, and he's going through the motions with you mm -hmm. in his head, so it's a lot easier. And I'm sure just him being who he is and the experience that he has, you being the raw talent, he's going to pick up things, like, quickly. Right. I think with him... And you now, I think where he is, like I said, it feels and it sounds like he puts himself in your shoes at that particular moment. And he goes on his not the, the knowledge that he has on what he would do, what I would do to change this, what I would do to show you this. And it's always a benefit when you have people like that in your corner that have done it, that can do it and can show you. And then you see the results. And when you see the results, it's like, oh. Damn, that's what he was talking about. Like I understand that too, as as a former coach, basketball coach, I was coaching kids from ten to fourteen, and it was always the same way with the kids. I would always go to practice with my sneaks and my shorts and everything, although I'm a coach. But I always felt like I needed to be able to get on the court and show them what I just told them, mm -hmm. because you got them ages especially 10 to 12, sometimes 13, where they still haven't developed their coordinating coordination skills completely, mm -hmm. and then they're still kids. So they're going to play around a lot more than when you start getting serious at 13 and 14. So it's a lot easier for them visually to see it. And then there was always a benefit for me where after games I would say, you know what you did on that last play? Yeah, well, I said, you remember, that's what we worked on in practice. Right. And then the kid gets to smiling, and he's like, or you see him in the game. Kid never made a basket before a day in his life. We played five, six games. He never made a basket. Get to that seventh game, he makes his first basket. And I got to yell, yo, get, listen, we in the game. Get back on D. I, I got you. We'll talk about that when you come over to the sideline. But you see the excitement. It's like, oh, I made a basket. Yeah. And then you're looking at them, and they like standing. Yo, dude, like, you want to get with the rest of your guys? And understanding boxing, like we talked the last time y'all were here, understanding boxing, which, which is something that I think a lot of fans don't understand, boxing is a one-on-one, -on -one, all-you sport. Like we talked when Chris was here with Nafir before that fight, before Nafir's fight, we talked, and it's like, yo, you step in that ring in a small way and everything that you was taught is there, but now you got a live body in front of you. Now, how do I incorporate all of this that I know and stop this dude from knocking my head off? Because I know I want to try and knock his head off. Right. So explain or try to paint the picture for some of the people that might not fully understand how that feels when you step in that ring, like you step in that bell rings and now you toe to toe with your opponent. Try to paint that picture for us a little bit about what goes through your head when you start at that moment. I 
see, man, uh, I can only speak for myself because uh, Absolutely. I'm going to be 100% honest. A lot of these guys that do this boxing thing, man, they are terrified when they step in there. Me, when I step in there, I don't I don't have any fear. And that, that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. But uh, when I go in there, man, it's, it's like uh, painting a picture, man. I, I just try to, you know, I visualize myself as a Picasso, man. I go in there and just decorate it, and, you know, just... Just okay. painting a picture, man. Every jab, I'm just boom, 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 boom. Just I'm, I'm focused on my artwork, man. Right. That's all. It's not not really anything else I could put into words for anyone else, but just going in there, just trying to paint the best picture I can, man. Right. I'm glad he modest, cause when I got in there, I was scared as hell. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you about that. Like, yo, how did that make I you was feel? Scared as hell. You know, cause I got, I got hit with the first shot. There's something different. You know, nobody says it. I say this all day. I say this until the day I die. Nobody said it better than Mike Tyson. You got a game plan to so get, get punched hit. in the face. When you Absolutely. get in the face, man, your game plan Absolutely. right out the window. Right, and, and, and I understand that um, when you say some guys are scared. And people might sit and think, oh, well, why is he scared? He prepared for it and then this mm-hmm. and that. So now you got to also understand the difference in a live fight, and people are probably going to go to the sparring part. Like you just said, um, Showtime, you didn't realize you could knock somebody out with headgear on. And you're a fighter. Mm-hmm. So you've been training. You had a fight. You did this. You did that. I even showed you a technique. Bang. You did it. And you saw the results. A lot of people, I think, are or will be confused with that because they simply think, well, he was sparring with somebody a little bit heavier than him and he did okay in the spar so why he get in there with somebody his own weight his own size and now he's scared and i'm like the difference is it's a live body i ain't got no headgear on mm-hmm. so <laughs> gloves are smaller you know and your hands are wrapped and like we all know when you start to sweat you sweat your hands sweat your arms sweat so the sweat is dripping down in there that tape is tightening up, and you got them gloves in there, and you throwing them punches, and now it's like leather on skin. Mm-hmm. You got a mouthpiece to protect you, yeah, but I think some of the fear that people may have is like kind of like what Ivan just said. You step in that ring, and then it's like, oh, shit, I got to do what I got to do. And you look across the ring, and it's like, yo, I'm throwing punches, and this here going to be throwing punches the same way. So you kind of get caught up, I guess, in that first moment where it's like, yo, what am I doing? Like, this dude across the ring is coming to do the same thing I'm trying to do to him. So in that moment, like Ivan just said, and like I said, Mike Tyson said it best, sometimes your game plan can change. But just listening to you and what you said is you like to paint the picture. You want to be the Picasso. How do you go about attacking or making your presence when you first, that first round, right after that first bell, and you step in that ring? And let's kind of drift away from the painting of the picture. But just kind of tell us what's going through your head. Everything that could possibly be going through your head. Once that bell sounds, and now it's like it's game time, it's go time, it's show time. Just, just, 
just start punching on them, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's just the game plan, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys were, you know had the chance to type type in you know check into my Instagram, uh, at the, you know the Showtime or whatever. Um, my first fight, I came out there and I tried to uh, show the people and the, the, uh, the judges that this guy didn't belong in the ring with me and. What I did, I was a, a, evading a lot of a lot of punches and uh, doing what I basically wanted. This time, man, I, the game plan changed. This time, I just want to go in there and just punch on this guy and show him that he doesn't belong in there with me. That's that's how I'm going about it. This fight, that's my mentality going in. Just go in there and just establish pure dominance. That, that's that's the only thing on my mind, man. Right. Absolutely. I, I appreciate it. Ball, my partner in crime. What's going on, good brother? I'm glad you tuning in. Wish she was here with me, but you know how we do, and I understand the situation. So, you are now a member of the Mighty Team out of Kingdom Boxing. Where do you think their tutelage can take you? To be 100% honest, man, uh... This is, uh, I've been on an interview on a podcast uh, on Instagram. Now I'm here on the radio show, so this is already telling me and allowing all my supporters to know where these guys could take me, man. And, and there's nowhere else to go but to the top, you know. The support, uh, being on the radio show, uh, having a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, <laughs> and, See, it wasn't me this time. Wasn't yeah, me that time. <laughs> so just all that right there, man. That's the two to success right there. That's the two hey, to success right there. Yeah, absolutely. So you have, and I'm glad you that was your answer. Um, you have a great staff behind you. Like I mentioned, I see what they've done with Not Fear. And like I said, when Not Fear is in the gym, he's quiet. He's focused. When he comes here, he talks. But, again, after seeing the fight, as opposed to seeing the video of him training and working out, it's a huge difference. Huge, huge difference. So I will say, and I will co-sign that, got a great great staff behind you. Uh, all you have to do is Listen. be the sponge. Listen. You just got to be the sponge. That's it. Uh, the wealth of knowledge that's there is undeniable. Appreciate that. Um, so there's nothing but, in my opinion, a bright future uh, ahead of you. You know, and, and like I said, and the knowledge is there. The sincerity is there. The commitment. Like I said, the commitment is there. And from what I even said this morning, I feel like your commitment is there, too. You said he needs you to be at the gym at 1030. He was there at 1015. That's, like, perfect. You know, that shows that you got your mind right and you focused and you understand what you have in your corner. And it's like, no, I can't. I got to rock with this. This isn't something that's going to get me to where I want to be. So I definitely, um, like I said, with knowing them and seeing what they've done with Not Fear and other fighters that I've seen in their gym. And some, and a couple of times we talked about some of the workouts that I saw on the videos. And I'm like, yo, like, I, I couldn't. 
if I was to do that, I said I would go home and and go right to sleep. It'd be like shower and sleep, you know. But I understand it, and that's what I that's what I mean when I say the commitment, the sincerity is there, because a lot of times me and my partner, well, we talked about other player trainers and other sports where basketball was our thing particularly, and we would always talk about how you have some guys that may come in the gym and they may have on shorts, but then they still got on Timberland boots. And you just standing there yelling at the kids like, no, do this and do that or do it this way. And this, you have to understand that, especially when you're working with young kids, a lot more times than not is visual with them because you could tell it to them today. And by the time they leave the gym, shit's gone. It's gone. Sometimes maybe even before they leave the gym, it's gone. But you now, as an adult, have the wherewithal and the experience from where you started to where you are now, where it sounds like you are definitely going to be that sponge. And I say to you, be that sponge. And you know what a sponge is. We all know sponge. You can wring it out, but it's going to soak in more knowledge. Anything you put in it is going to be there until you wring it out. And when I mean wring it out, I mean when you get into that fight, you get into that ring, and you use what they told you in that ring. So I'm ecstatic. Um, I'm proud that you found these guys, man. It's great. You know, um, African-American guys, you know, like I said, we, we are we are what we need. We are who we are. Um there's a lot of times when you get people that want to be behind you, but for a lot of the wrong reasons, where they see the talent and then they want to coyly take advantage of the talent. And one of the reasons I bring that up, because a lot of people don't understand in boxing, you are part of everything that's going on. In a lot of other sports, you got an agent, you want a new contract. Look, listen, I'm representing Showtime, Ivan, so I want to see how we can do this. Like, well, let's talk. But on the other side, like with boxing, it's you. So it's not like my agent is speaking for me. You got a lot more input in it than other people, other athletes do. And as far as in that boxing, like you said, it's the individual of individual sport that it is. So you came from the Northeast. You made it down to Kingdom Boxing. Uh, Let's see, what did my partner say? He said, there's something better than a model that looks like you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So your transition from the gym you were in in the greater Northeast, and you had a routine there, you had a regimen there, you would go in that gym and see this and see that and see that. What were your first initial thoughts when you walked into the gym? Oh, see, I've been to plenty of gyms. Uh, I was I was working with Danny Davis for my last fight. Oh, man, I don't want to get into that, but uh, I had a coach that passed away, what, Right, right before the pandemic, man. So it's been like everything to stop me from from getting to where I where I want to be mm-hmm. in, in the boxing world. It, it has happened. So uh, okay. 
I didn't even, I was ready, like, I didn't travel to wildcard boxing gym. Uh, before I, I ran into Coach Ivan, my plan was to go to Floyd Mayweather's gym, and I was just going to walk in there like, what's up? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, he outgoing. That dude just so, walk in the gym like I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, when when uh, I, I stumbled across Coach Ivan, man, it was just like a blessing. Uh, I didn't, You know, it was just a blessing, man. So I, I just, right. I'm just glad that I'm just glad that he was willing to work with me. I'm glad to be where I am now. And Thursday is showtime, man. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So who were you fighting on Thursday? Uh, Quadir Jenkins. Okay, Quadir Jenkins. So I hear that folks. Quadir Jenkins and Showtime this Thursday, live casino. Hit live casino up, get your tickets. You know, another Kingdom Boxing, another Mighty Robinson product. Something that you definitely need to get in the building and see. Uh, I got tickets on me. If y'all need them, they go for 50, 75, and 120 off the front row. Hit them up for the tickets. If you need a ticket, hit them up. Uh, if you don't, by the end of this by the end of this interview, I'll have all this information. You can hit me up, and I can share the information with you so you can get your tickets. But you better quick. better be quick because that's Thursday, and today is Monday. So you got a few days to get your tickets and, and get in there. And witness something great. So again, you're in the gym. How did your first session go with Ivan and Derek? I, I wanted to go. I wanted to go home. First session, I wanted to go home. Man, it's been it's been wild. These guys have been kicking my behind. It's been like oh my god, you you couldn't you couldn't create. Better trainers. You couldn't right. create better trainers. Coach uh, Derek, he does an excellent job of, uh, you know, dissecting all my weaknesses. Like, weaknesses mm-hmm. I didn't even know I had. Like, when we're sparring, mm-hmm. he's on the other side. And it's like, hit Showtime here. And I'm like, dang, Coach, why are you telling me to do that? Because that's a weakness that you got to improve on. So these guys have been phenomenal, man. I'm in the gym two times a day, and uh, two times a day, morning and evening. Uh right. You know, these guys are, boxing is their life. Boxing is mm-hmm. my life. So you, when you get that, you know, you mix those two, you know, ke- you know, chemi- you know, potions together, man, it, it's, it's, it's going to be an explosion. It's going to be right. an explosion. Right, absolutely. So the dedication is there. And like you said, you, you got in that first session and you wanted to go home. You wanted to leave. But you stuck it out. And now you see the fruits of your labor. You see the results. And it can only bring more success down the line and like we said in the very beginning you see it the commitment the dedication is there like you just said it why is coach Derek telling dude to hit me here like because I see and and a lot of times again this is my coaching hat coming in people and players or athletes don't fully understand that if I just tell you what your weakness is You'll correct it in that moment, but then there's going to come another moment when you're not going to correct it, and you'll pay for it. So I think, it's, like we said, it's better that he's there and he can say, yo, punch him in his gut real, real good one time and see what he do. Because already, he already knows what you're going to do. And now he's putting the onus on you to correct it. And that's where... I think a lot of coaches lack in their teaching aspect 
of any particular sport. And it's, it means so much more, in my opinion, in boxing, like we said, because it's individual. It's like when you got football and other sports, it's a team sport, but you got timeouts. You can call your own timeouts in these other sports. Or let's say basketball, for instance. You're on the court. You got a fire player. They're shooting a free throw. I can say, look, Showtime, come here. That last play, you were supposed to cut, but you stood there. I, I got that. You know, you're, you're afforded that advantage in those other sports. When you get into boxing, once that bell rings, it, it's you in there for them three minutes. And it ain't no minute and a half in like, yo, why didn't he do Yo, time out. It ain't none of that. It's the what? Minute and a half you get in between rounds? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Not even a full minute. So now you done been in the ring for three minutes, not saying you per se, but generalizing, getting punched on, and now you got 30 seconds to listen to what your trainer and your corner is saying, look, you didn't do this, you need to do this, you need to do that, you didn't do this, do this. And then it's like, as soon as you hear that, you're like, oh, shit, I got to get up. You know, how, how do you handle that in the heat of the moment? And I'm gonna ask you the same thing, Ivan, in a second. But how, how do you how do you handle that? I mean, you, you, you train for it. That's what uh, training is for. When you go in that gym, you hit that bag, and you're doing something wrong, and they tell you fix it. You got to be able to to adapt and adjust in that split second because that's all you have. You know, <laughs> you, you you can get knocked out in the middle of a punch. So you, you just got to be able to to listen, as Coach uh, Ivan was saying. Just just listen, listen in the bar. That's it. <laughs> right. Or you take that punch and then you back in your corner and you little woozy and you're like, damn. <laughs> Why didn't I listen? So I, how was that for you in that corner when obviously, and a lot of people don't understand this either, when you in the corner, not in the ring, you see a lot more than the spectators, the average eye, and even that particular fighter himself, you see more. How do you handle that 30 seconds in that corner? In between rounds. Well, I basically tell him the important thing that he's not doing and to adjust to it. You know, okay. I don't have a whole 30 seconds to sit and run my mouth because he got another training too. And the way me and Derek work, one to work on offense and one to work on defense. Of course, I'm basically the, 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 the specialist when it comes to the defense. You okay. know, and Derek works on the offense. But I can do both. But I pretty much like the defense because I hate getting it. I used to hate getting it. That's why mm -hmm. I, I used to slip so well. I had perfect defense. Um, and this is going to be kind of new with, with show because I just got show. You know, right. and we haven't, this be our first fight together. But what I like about him is that um, I don't, and I don't like saying to a fighter that he takes orders well because I don't give orders, I teach. Right. But, he, you know, he, he's, he's easy, easy to be taught. He listens well. And he does. He gives 100%. You know, and that's what I like about it. The only thing I wanted to do more of that he don't do, he don't throw enough punches. And you know me, I've always thrown a lot of combinations. Absolutely. That's what I get all my fighters to do. I don't care if you're everywhere. I get you. I like combinations. Everybody think you can knock a joke out with one shot. What if you, that joke can take your best shot? And mm -hmm. you sit in there for another uh, eight, nine rounds. This guy done took your best shot and you can't knock right. him out. So what you going to do? So, right. you know. But, um... Showtime has come around to be um, the 
to be a, a good uh, tutelage. And I think that um, he's going to show people that he's able to do the things he can do. It was just amazing. I had a, a, a video chat like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago with a guy that knows Showtime. And when he found out me and Showtime was working, it was like, that was the best thing since cream cheese. I'm like, dog, I'm just a trainer. What are you talking about? Oh, you want to? No, look. I'm just a trainer. All I'm here to do is help my, my guy get in the win column and make some money. That's what it's about for me. You know, Absolutely. I'm, I'm not about nothing else. So Thursday, man, I'm just hoping that he go out here and um, he do his job. I know he want to knock out, you know, but... um. He might make me knock him out before he fights. Sometimes he don't like to listen, man. <laughs> All fighters do that, but right. I'm cool with it. But he's a good dude, man. I like him. I want to uh, thank you for letting me and Coach Derek work with you, man. And I think you already seen um, the the the, um, the toolage that we can give you and the tools. Um, I didn't want to say this to you, but, you know, Wayne, my man, so, you know, he always brings me on the show. No matter what, I can call him two hours before and ask me, he'll bring me through. But I didn't want to say this. Uh, you know my guy, Blue, that I work with, my marketing guy. I didn't want to say anything to you until Thursday afterwards. But I'm so confident about it, I think it's going to happen anyway. So after you went on Thursday, I think that um, you'll officially be um, part of the It's a Mighty Thing team. So that means that I will be signing you. So if anybody thought about signing you, they don't have it. All bets are off. All bets are off. We got it home now. (laughs) Sorry, you waited too long. (laughs) You waited too long. And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm blessed to have that announcement here on my platform. Like I said, you see family, you know. Um, So I congratulate both of you on that venture. Uh, And I just look for a bright, looking for a, a bright future. In that, and I feel like it's gonna happen, you know. And like I said, it, it for me again, and I say I'm probably gonna say this a lot, or I've said it a lot already. Again, it shows everything that I've said: the sincerity, the dedication, the confidence, and the faith. Because how many times do you think you could be in that situation where this is your first fight? With the training. Y'all been training for how long now? Like three weeks. Not even a month. (laughs) Right? Not even a month. And he's already seen some things in you, even with the things that still need to be worked on, which is always the case. Because you always can learn something. Exactly. Always. In whatever sport, whatever you do in life, you can always learn something. There's always room for learning. So I'm visioning that, and I'm hearing now that he sees something in you that he's confident enough to do what he just did. So if you don't succeed, I'm going to have to come look you up and find you <laughs> and find out what went on because don't get no better than that. You know, like I said, you got people in your corner where you got one that's going to work on the defense, one that's going to work on the offense. Also, you got – Ivan, who was the defensive specialist, like he said, he don't like to get hit. So why would I put my fighters in a position where I'm going to let them get hit? Not that you would let them get hit, but why would I go in there and set them up, for lack of a better phrase, to get hit? If anything, I'm going to show you how not to get hit. And 
he's gonna have to throw some punches. You know, because whoever's standing across from you, they gonna throw some punches. So you gotta throw some punches too. So I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Like I said, congratulations again on that. So you fight Thursday. How are you preparing mentally outside of the training, which is we know is a given? How are how what are the other things that you doing are that are that you are doing mentally to prepare for Thursday? What am I doing mentally? Um, I, my mind is set on one thing, man. It's, it's been like this, you know, before since since we started training together, man. Once I got a phone call and they had a fight lined up for me, man, I locked in. So. I guess right. I guess to prepare mentally, I go to the lake and just relax, man. Just visualizing myself, mm-hmm. you know, taking this guy out. So right. that, that, that's the only thing, man. Just training, relaxing when I can, and, and just mm-hmm. I'm, ready. I'm just ready, man. I'm just ready for Thursday. Absolutely, yeah. So I see you're focused, and the thing I like you said, you go to the lake and relax. I think that's, in my opinion, somewhat of a lost art for a lot of people, a lot of athletes who feel a lot of times feel like that doesn't work for them. So me, I even do it myself. I have moments where I may look like I'm off in the days to people. And it happens to me at work. Like people to be at work and see me like, yo, you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm just doing me, mm-hmm. you know? And when I go through things, I tend to do that myself. When I go through things, I got to take a moment for myself, no matter what, my wife, my kid, whatever. Just give me a minute, and I'll be back. And and I think you need that because if you don't have that sanity within yourself, you'll probably never get it because you're not going, nobody's going to give it to you. And nobody's going to come and tell you, look, take a break, go sit down, relax, we'll get back into it. It's got to be on you. Because if someone tells you that, your mind is going to race. And the first thing, not the first thing, but you're going to go a whole different, whole lot of different ways. Why is he telling me to sit down? No, we got a fight coming. I need to train. I need to do this. I need to work on what I need to work on. But you're telling me to sit down and relax. Like, no, I can't relax. You have to. At some point, you have to. And it's good that you said that. It's good that you already have that quality within you. So that's an advantage. I think that you will have um, over some other fighters and some other people. So, this Thursday, live casino in Philly. I'm sure you're going to have some people out. What can people expect from Showtime the boxer? Now, I'm getting Showtime the person here right now. What can they expect from Showtime the boxer on Thursday night? Excitement, things you haven't seen in a boxing ring. As I as I showed my last fight, man, I was untouchable. Uh, but this time it's gonna be a lot more punches thrown. As you can see, what Coach Ivan was saying, mm-hmm. even in the gym, I've been you know bigger dudes. I've been you know making people not come back to the gym. So you're getting a flashy, evasive fighter with with power that's going to throw a bunch of punches and not get hit. So it's going to be full of excitement, man. 
I'm, I'm planning to steal the show. That's that's my whole right. goal. Go out there, take care of business, and steal the show. Cool. That, that that's a great thing. You know, I, I love it. Um, where you're confident, but not overconfident. Stay within yourself. You know what you need to do. You're focused, and you're not looking outside of what you do. If you understand what I'm saying, you're not looking at. Well, I need to be this. I'm going to be me and do what I do, and I'm going to make the best of it. So I applaud you um, for being there because a lot of times you get people that will say, oh, well, I'm going to just, look, I told you I'm going to knock the dude out, so that, that's all you need to know. May not always be the case. Like I even like I even said, this dude may take your best punch. And then it's like, like we said, it ain't no time out. He take your best punch, and then you looking like, damn, I was in the gym months ago I threw that punch every time I threw that punch I knocked the joke out with headgear on like it should be easier with no headgear but like no that ain't, this ain't the same dude that was in the gym with you this is the dude that's got the same intentions that you have and like now he takes your best punch and then it's like oh alright I'm kind of back to square one but you're not really back to square one in a sense because you know now this is what Ivan was saying now I know where these combinations come in. Where I might not be able to take him out with one. I may need two or three to finish him off. Which is not a problem, not a big deal. Because I think a lot of good and a lot of the best knockouts were combinations. You find very few that are, like we say, one-headed quitters. They don't count the cost, man. (laughs) So I'm just going to go in there. And just punch on him more than he punch on me, man. Right. Don't count the cost, right. man. And you know, I'm glad you just said that. Because a lot of people forget that in a boxing match, you get points too. So it doesn't always have to be a knockout. You can rack up the points and still be way ahead without the knockout. So I'm glad you brought that up. You know, because a lot of people will look and be like, well... You ain't knock the dude out. You ain't stumble him or nothing. Like, thought you had power. So yeah, but if you get a copy of the scorecard, I was up 30, 40 points or whatever. And I made the best of it. It's like people, and this is why we always try to do this on our show. We always try to get people to see the other side, like from the outside looking in and not completely as a fan where we try to give people an understanding of whatever sport we're talking about at any particular time. And we also, like we said a little bit there, we like to get a business side of it too. And I think you're on a great path. Like I said, it, you're confident, but you're not overconfident. So if you fit right into the mold of their fighters, because my fear is the same way. He is a 1,010% confident in what he can do in the ring. Mm-hmm. But... He never looks past that. It's always, I know what I can do. I know what my coaches tell me. I may have to take a second and just reflect. All right, look, get back to you. And I think that's one of the best qualities to have as a professional athlete. You have, or as a person in general, you have to stay true to yourself um, because you have to be yourself. At all times. If you change or you divert from that, 
That's when things. That's when things start. Right. That's when things. That's when other things start to find their way and wiggle in, and create space where there's no need for them to have that space. You know. So, again, um, it has been a pleasure uh, talking to you. I wish you the best uh, on Thursday. I am going to definitely try and make that Thursday. I'll try to get there Thursday. Um, if I can't, I'm sure I'm going to let me know what happened or I'll even call and find out so I can come back and give the results here uh, on the show. And now that you are a member or you will be a member, a family member of It's a Mighty Thing, you have now become a family member of Sports Rap Podcast as well. You know, so uh, before we finish up, just give everybody your full name, social media, and all of that jazz. Gotcha, gotcha. Name is Raheem Davis Cook. Instagram is the Showtime. That's T H E E Showtime on Instagram. Uh, Cousin Monica is Raheem's is Raheem Marshall's son. <laughs> right. So she should be texting you soon. Yeah, if she don't text me, I'm definitely gonna text her when I leave out of here today and talk to her. Um, as I said, she knew Ivan was coming. I didn't tell her who he was bringing, and I always do that on purpose because I know she tunes in. So you know, that's um great for that. So again, Raheem, Showtime. Davis Cook, Instagram at the Showtime, T H E E Showtime. Y'all know how to spell Showtime, so if you don't, it'll, it'll pop up. Like Instagram, all the algorithms and everything there. You start typing the first two letters, and you'll get a whole list of what uh what you want to see and who you want to see. So you can definitely get that again Thursday night live casino. He is fighting there and hopefully sports rap could be in the building if not like i said we'll get all the information and the results and we will report them back to you so that wraps up our first hour of the sports rap podcast right now we're going to take a quick break when we come back if the guys are still in the building they're going to hang around for a little bit we're going to get back get to um our recapping of this weekend's All-Star festivities, I um, I got some comments and some things um, that I kind of want to say about this weekend's events. So stay tuned, folks. Sports Red Podcast will be right back at you in just a couple minutes. We good. I got to play with this thing, man. I don't, really don't feel like it today. All right, you going to come back on? Or yeah, we, we going to come back on. Yeah, we're okay. off now. we good. Yeah. Make sure you get back in. Yep.
Folks, we are back once again. Sports Rap Podcast, the group page right here on Facebook. So come on back and tune in and get with us. We still got Ivan, we still got Raheem, and we still got Showtime here. And right now, we've been just talking while we were off air for a second. We are going to dive into a little bit of this NBA weekend, uh, which was just this past weekend, as we know. And it's just funny how this year's All-Star Game played out. Um, Again, you know, most recently, within the last five years, the format has changed where the top vote-getters in each conference are captains and they select their teams. We go through all that. Last night, they went with the ending of getting a total score, and then adding 24 in remembrance of Kobe Bryant, adding that, and then coming up with a target score for the game. So I like that aspect uh, in the All-Star game because you get guys to play a little bit. Usually you get that All-Star game, and it's like it's not really much defense um, unless it ends up being a close game. And I like the fact with the conjunction of the HBCUs where they play in the quarter and they win money for charities for each quarter and then overall. So overall, yesterday, the NBA All-Star Game uh, matriculated $750,000 for two HBCU charities. One, the winners, the winning side, Team LeBron, ended up earning 450000 for their respective charity and team KD earned 300,000 for their um, respective uh, charity. And also going along with that, the NBA and Mountain Dew selected two HBCU students to win $50,000 scholarships. And I'm going to take this from something that I saw uh, J.R. Smith say, when you don't, when you make that kind of charitable donation, in that realm, as far as HBCU, you're not just changing um, the status of the school or whatever. At that point, when it's an HBCU and those African-American athletes and students, you are changing lives with that. Also, they have 11 HBCU students who participated in all-star event shadow programs. So I'm guessing that anybody that wanted to be in the media had a chance to shadow other media members and uh, get along, get a feel for what goes down. And then the NBA and the NBA Foundation gave up $250,000 in grants to the Thurgood Marshall um, College Fund and the United Negro College Fund. So, right before we came back, we were just talking about the Sixers and... The James Harden and I even asked me a question if I thought that they would bring in Dan Tony to replace Doc Rivers what are some of the things I said was I said I think that this is arguably one of the best staffs in the NBA uh, especially at the guard position and I think that these two guards point guards that are on this coaching staff are arguably excuse me the best thing that could happen for James Harden for his career because again like we were talking all morning long 
you have guys that have done it and can get out on the court with you and show it to you and will help. The other thing I want to go into, and I'm going to get Showtime's thoughts of it if he saw it, All-Star Saturday night. I think there needs to be a lot more changes to All-Star Saturday night. Uh, I like the adjustment and the change of the Rising Stars Challenge where they picked the four teams and they made it like a tournament. Um, The Saturday, that was Friday night. The Saturday night events are usually the next biggest draw to Sunday's All-Star game. The Skills Challenge made some adjustments, but that was somewhat worth watching because the teams that were involved made it interesting and made you want to see what happened. The three-point contest was a little shocker because you had a big man that won the three-point contest. Cat, Carl Anthony Towns won the three-point shooting contest. And normally when you get to that three-point shooting contest, you think it's going to be a guard or a wing player. You don't think a center would do that. But more importantly, the dunk contest. I'm sure you've all seen the memes and everything else about the dunk contest, which, in my opinion, was not good at all. I felt like that ever since they, you know, at one point they had discontinued it and then they brought it back. The way they've changed the rules where you get multiple attempts to actually complete your dunk makes it long and drawn out and it's gotten to the point where it's not even really interesting anymore and ironically it's the last night of the last event of that night so in a lot of ways you're already locked in and you're just anxious to see like okay the dunk contest is coming let's see how they close this thing out this year Closeout for Saturday night was not good at all. Um, a lot of people who made jokes about the Cole Anthony first dunk where he came out and then he put on boots, put on a pair of Tims to uh, attempt his first dunk. A lot of us mentioned that, and I'm sure Showtime can attest to this, you grow up in the hood, you just going to dunk the ball in a pair of Tims? That ain't nothing special. I've seen dudes play whole games in Tim's. You know, I've seen guys literally play in Tim's. Like if anybody here is watching and is from the hood and knows what I mean, I'm sure my partner does if he's still tuned in. Baldy, I know you've seen some dudes. Like we just mentioned it earlier, like the guys that go to want to be trainers go in the gym with Tim's on. But I've seen guys play games with Timberland boots on. So that wasn't anything special uh for me but getting back to so that kind of sums up you know for me how all-star weekend went like i said i I really enjoyed yesterday's game uh it came down to lebron james hitting the game winner but with the mj fade absolutely but you have to reference steph curry arguably best shooter to ever shoot basketball i think he hit 20 16 to 27 from three-point land 17 of 30 overall from the floor so he only made one 
typical basket. Everything else that he made was three points. He totaled 50 points and ultimately won the MVP. And like I mentioned to a couple people, we all know how the All-Star game is with the defenses, very minimal until that end when they got to that point. But, man, Ivan was telling us before we came on air very from the beginning that he couldn't believe what he saw uh, last night. He said he found out on the news late that he scored 50 points. And I, I watched that game, but I purposely recorded the fourth quarter just because I knew how the way it was set up. Like it was changed. There was no time limit, no time clock, and they had to play to a certain point. Kind of like the basketball tournament where now they got that Elam ending, they call it, where they take the total score of the teams at the end of the third quarter, and then they add something to it. So what they did last night was, in, in memorial of Kobe Bryant, they took the total score of the third quarter, both teams, and they added 24 to it. So their target score was 163. So the game ended as 163-161. So it was a two-point victory, which in a lot of ways you can put that right up there with the, I think it was the 2000 All-Star game where AI and Steph Curry brought the East back to win that game. But when you talk about Steph Curry and his shooting, it's like he's in another world of his own um and he was having fun which he should have in the all-star game last night but people lose sight of the fact that a lot of those shots that he made last night are also shots that he makes in games on given nights you know um also shout outs to our guy who i think should win the mvp of the league this year joel and b who ended with 36, 10, and 4. And I think he was trying to get the MVP last night just to put people on notice that I do it every night, but I'm here to have fun, but I can do it here tonight too. But I think the way he's been playing, I think he's arguably the top front runner for the uh, MVP of the league. But getting back to what we were actually talking about, um, like I mentioned, Ivan, that you asked me the question about the rumors that have been floating around within the last week or so where people were talking about uh, maybe the Sixers will hire uh, Dan Tony if Doc doesn't do it this year. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, Doc Rivers has signed it. He signed a five-year contract when he was here. But again, like we started talking, I think the coaching staff, especially the head coach and his assistant, are the best thing for James Harden, especially now that he's up in years a little bit in his career. Not that he can't still do it. He can still do what he does. But I think with the two guards and the coaching staff that he has now, I think it would be a lot more controlled, especially with playing with Joel Embiid. And then we also look at the emergence of Tyrese Maxey and it makes you scratch your head and you ask yourself that question from when this all started with Maxey um, beginning to come into his own Ben Simmons had the same staff 
where's the difference? Why couldn't he adapt and adjust and be better and not be who he was for the whole time? And, you know, we mentioned the fact that, like we said, I saw the quote in his recruiting um, when he was coming out of college. It said a lot of things were said was people that were close to him said that things need to revolve around him on and off the court. And he tends to get closed minded for instruction and coaching. And he also shies away when the lights come on. So we talked about that with him being with the Nets and... A lot of things that I've said, and the main thing I've said is I'm just anxious to see how that plays out because everything that he did here was to set other guys up for shots. When you look at the makeup of that Brooklyn roster, even with the trade and the addition of Seth Curry, those that's only one person that needs to be set up by a guard. Kyrie Irving, when he can play, and Kevin Durant, when he comes back from injury. Those guys don't need to be set up. Um, And those two guys are both champions. So they know what it takes to get it done. Now, the problem could arise when the ball is taken out of Ben Simmons' hands. And I mentioned that to somebody on social media about the situation when Jimmy Butler was here and Brett Brown at one point made that coaching move and put the ball in Jimmy's hands late in games to close out games. And I said to them, I said, well, that's a smart coaching move because I know he's going to try and get me a basket, so I'm giving him the ball. Why would I give it to a guy that I've been watching the whole season or the last year or so that – is not going to be determined to get me a bucket. He's going to be looking to pass the ball. Like, I need you as my all-star, as my star, to, to be able to get me a bucket if I say, look, I need you to get me a bucket. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I think another thing that Ivan asked me was, how do I think, who do I think would win it all? Right now, for me, it's difficult to say, but I initially said I would. I initially felt like the Suns, because of the experience they had from last year and losing to the Bucks, and the way that they were playing this year, could possibly be right back in there and win it all. But now that's all going to be based on how they hold up. Now that Chris Paul is going to miss six to eight weeks, so you're looking six to eight weeks. That's two months. It's already February. So let's just say you get March and April. And excuse me, and then we start looking into that playoff push in May, the end of April and in May. So I hope that doesn't hinder them much. I'm also, in a way, I feel for Chris Paul because it seems like it happens every year yeah, with him at crucial points in the season he gets hurt if it's not like this type of time well shortly after this going into the tail end of the season or once he gets into the playoffs and even last year in the playoffs he missed a game or two I think in the finals so it's going to be tough um I also said that I think 
on the side with the East. I think that if this thing can come together with Harden and Embiid, I think that we have a fighting chance. And again, that all depends on what they do in the buyout market, how the rest of these guys gel. I also said last week on air that I think now Tobias Harris is in his rightful position where he's the third scorer and not the second primary scorer because of what I think is him being inconsistent as he's been. I said that's the only knock. Well, that's one of the, the only that's the second knock I had on Tobias Harris, his inconsistency throughout the season. The only other thing I had about Tobias Harris was the contract. And somebody said to me, well, why are you worrying about his contract? I said, well, because I think he was overpaid because of his inconsistencies. I said, but I understand or I understood the move at the time. Jimmy Butler, we knew, wasn't coming back. We saw what both of those guys did for the team when they were here together. So business-wise, they couldn't let both of them get away. It was no way that you could let both of them get away. But I just had an issue. I felt like the contract was just too much money. So there's also been talk that James Harden is not going to opt into the final year of his contract. Um, and a lot of people, when I posted this, were like, why he ain't going to read the whole thing? He's doing that so that he could sign a lesser max deal. And if it came down to it and they got some offers for Tobias Harris in the offseason, they could trade Tobias Harris because of the contract and then they could go after a Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard in the offseason where that could put you in position to have three scores that can give you 30 on any given night, you know, and the consistency would be there. So I think that's a good thing. And, and all in all, I think that, to me, that shows me that he's all in. He feels like he could win here. Um, he even said that he wanted to come here when they traded him to Houston. But we all know ideally how that played out. There was a little bit of a rift between Houston's management at that time and Daryl Morey, so they didn't really want to do any dealings with him, um, thinking it was going to make him suffer in some type of way or whatever, but really didn't because he now has James Harden anyway. And then the situation in Brooklyn where he was sold on the premise that we're going to have a big three here. We're going to have a great shot at winning it. And in a year and a half, that big three or that alleged big three has played a total of 16 games together. Uh, James Harden went there and adjusted because they had Kyrie Irving. So they wanted to move Kyrie Irving off the ball. He ended up playing a point guard, being a facilitator. So he took a step back from his scoring. Then it got to the point where, all right, now we got this pandemic. We got the mandates in New York. Kyrie doesn't want to be vaccinated. KD's hurt. And even last year, when both of those guys were hurt, he put the team on his back, James Harden, and carried them as much as he could. But, but I understand it as far as the athlete's perspective, where it's like 
I came here to play with these guys, not carry these guys or carry this team. And it's just not working right now. So while I got some time left, got some good years under, a couple good years under my belt, I'm going, I want to move on where I can play and I can possibly win. Have that same fighting chance that was sold to me when I was traded here. But it didn't happen. So, I think the Sixers are going to be in a really, really good position um, the second half of the season. James Harden is technically scheduled to make his debut Friday night against uh, Minnesota. He's already been in practice with these guys. Um, I also posted the clip where he appears to be in tune with his teammates he said some things to Joel. He said some things to Tyrese. He's even said some things to one of the guys that are like the eighth man on the bench player in George Niang, where in one game he told him, yo, why are you shooting this? You shoot 10 threes. And then he went out and he made five more threes after James was like, yo, go shoot these threes. You know, so I think he's in tune with um, his teammates. And one of the things I said was that with all the rumors that came behind the James Harden. Oh, he's not a leader. He's not a good teammate. In my opinion, what he did then was the combatant, the rebuttal to that. And that showed me some leadership and the fact that he could be um, a good teammate. So, again, I think the Sixers are going to be pretty good. Like I said, it, it, I think it's going to work because I feel like this is the best center that James Harden has played with for his career. He's normally playing with guys that just roll to the rim. We can throw the oop to him and everything. Now, like me and Baldy broke it down a little bit um, last week, you can go two-man game with them, and now you can't double. That's the biggest uh, plus for Embiid. Mm-hmm. Now has space to work with James Harden on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know something about basketball. Yeah. yeah. See, the difference, the difference was like with Ben Simmons, and everybody can go back and look and see it, where the double teams were defined and they did their job, and it made Joel look worse in that aspect than he really was because you got this guy that won't shoot the ball. So I don't have to guard him. I'm going to guard the guy that's shooting the ball. You can double-team the guy that's shooting the ball, make somebody else beat us. So now, if you got a two-man game with them two, his pass is even harder because I can't kick it right back to you Ben. You don't even have to leave Harris out the conversation, though, because uh, he, he is a 30-point guy. Harris can give you 30 points. And yeah. now that, that James Harden is there, like you said, he's the third mm-hmm. option now. So he's going to be uh, left yeah. alone a lot. Right. <laughs> because and, of James Harden. Yeah, and like you just mentioned, the spacing – is going to be better for Tobias because that's what what I've been hearing. Doc wants him to play that way, going downhill off the dribble with the spacing. It's also people talked about Matisse and how he can't shoot a three. His offense is lacking. Well, he's a defensive specialist anyway, but he has shown that he will move without the ball, and Joe has been finding him. So now you've got four eyes that can find you cut into the basket. I think it's also going to help Danny Green in that corner three, I think his production is going to be a little bit better in the second half of the season because 
you can't cheat off of him now because you got two guys that are willing passers that will kick the ball to him and he can shoot that three and knock that three down. And again, the other guys, Furkan, Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, the guys that can do a little something off the dribble, like you said, Showtime, that spacing is there now. Didn't have that same spacing with Ben because you always had one kind of freelancer on defense that didn't really have to guard his man. He could help out wherever and cheat more than normal. I wonder how many guys off the, off of the opposite team was in the locker room like, Coach, I want to stick Ben Simmons. You know, yeah, let, let me guard him. Yeah, you know. That's and then crazy. his thing with the point guard issue and not being able to shoot free throws yeah, that's is is a major problem. Was he worse than Shaq? Yes. Damn. Yeah. He shot 33% in the playoffs last year from the free throw line. Which is bad for your quote unquote point guard. Yeah, definitely. Your point guard is a guy that's going to run. The, he's the extension of the coach. Yeah. He's going to have the ball in his hands, running the show, yeah. late in the game, ninety five percent of the time. Yeah. So now you've got a point guard that can score. So they can't cheat and foul him. And James Harden, Tyrese Maxey has improved. So you're going to have to think twice about fouling him and running at him. Mm-hmm. And your big man oh, shoots yeah, shoot free throws. So you can't just willingly foul him. It's going to be a lot of people compared it to the Shaq and Kobe, and I think there are a lot of similarities there, especially like, when like Yao and T-Mac, though, more, more that was good too. Yeah, uh, and me, me, even Yao, Yao Ming and Yao T-Mac. Even more dangerous because he could shoot the three. Yeah, so, yeah. So you know, it, it's kind of like now with the Sixers, pick your poison. You know, it's kind of like pick your poison. Hey, um, D, I, I don't want to cut you off. I know you can But uh, me and uh, show got to go. I got to get back. All right. Yeah, but I'm getting ready. We wrapping you know up anyway. How, you know how we do, man. You you family, man. And I appreciate you always Absolutely. Uh, looking out for me. And, you know, Monica letting us come on your show, man, and, and doing your show with us. It's just, it's just a lovely thing. So, um. We ain't officially signed yet. Showtime is not officially mm-hmm. signed with the team yet, but you already know that he's the team, and I think that'll be good publicity. Because, like I said, this guy, he got the gift for gab, man. He's always in front of yes, sir. the TV, the, the the phone. Sometimes I have to tell this joker to stop talking when he in the gym. I gotta make <laughs> him run because he always talking. So right. I'm gonna take this time to uh, let Showtime talk. And we're gonna do something, man. We we gonna we wanna invite you to his fight, man. Absolutely. I'm totally appreciate now, it. Man. Yes, so, sir. Um, this is his home now, man. So And that's what I told him when you took your phone, that's what I told him. I said, You <laughs> part of that team, so yeah. you part of this team, family oh. now. Go ahead, man. 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 Go See, now I get your point. I mean, you said sometimes he don't listen. He don't listen. See you there, appreciate man. you, man. Appreciate, appreciate y'all. I got my ticket now, so I'm gonna make my way down there at the casino. Uh, as so always, your, your, your yes, supporters sir. that you gonna come. Definitely. I already know before I close out. You gonna have us on. Oh live. yeah, we gonna have some live going on down there. So there you have it, folks. My guy, my my guests are leaving you sauce. Uh, give our pleasantries and everything. They've got to run out. So I'm gonna close up. I'm gonna wrap up in a little bit again. Ivan Mighty Robinson at It's a Mighty Thing on Instagram is where you can find him. Kingdom Boxing. Also, 
Raheem Showtime Davis Cook at V Showtime on Instagram. So hit them up, check them out, see what they Boy, do. I gotta do it before we go. It's Showtime. Yes, indeed, it's Showtime, <laughs> and it's gonna be Showtime on Thursday. Thanks for y'all for coming through. I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate yep, absolutely. All right, man. Yep. Yes, sir. So again, thanks for everybody that has tuned in today. Like I said, my guests are gone for for the moment right now. So you got me here closing up. As always, you know where to find me, right here in studio each and every Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can also catch me every other Thursday at the Drake Tavern. We will be back. We were just there this past Thursday. We'll be back next Thursday, which I believe is March the 3rd. But you know I'll give you all the information, as I always do. You can catch me also at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. Again, in the group on Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast. The webpage, SportsRapRadio.com. YouTube, Sports Rap TV is the channel there. And you can get this audio on iHeart, Apple, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and most of your podcast outlets. Going to be a nice day today, 58 degrees or high 50s, close to 60. So get out and enjoy some of the sunshine. We're going to have a couple days, a couple nice days. So again, get out and enjoy some of the sunshine. Enjoy your lunch break if you are out. When you get back, you can go back, get on Facebook, and check the interview from earlier, uh, the first portion of the show. And as we like to say, be great on purpose. It's your boy D, signing out. See you all next week. See you live on Thursday. Peace.